From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Everyone, how are we doing? Welcome to uh, the gathering of the church, because the church is not a building, right? We are the church, and so we can't say welcome to church, because that would just... Be welcome to you, right? So good to see you this morning. Um, I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited for, for this morning. I'm excited for what this morning is. I had a chance this week. This is just a, I don't even know what this is, a shameless promotion for one of our ministries here in the church. Um, I had an opportunity this week to be a part of Super Thursdays and uh, delivering meals with the team there. And it was awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so if you are looking for an opportunity to give back and you want to get involved someplace and you're available Thursday morning, late morning, hey, this is a great opportunity. It it made my heart full. So you can speak with me or find uh, uh, a couple of those serve team people or those Super Thursday people and uh, connect with them or the welcome desk as well. Um, It was good. Check it out. Uh, We're in a series today called Heart for the House, and we are looking at four key purposes that we find in Scripture for our lives and four purposes that we're believing will give us as a church, Parkway Church, some direction, drive, and allow life to flow through us as a church. And here's why. I mentioned this last week. Each of us are on a spiritual journey. Like it or not, believe it or not, you are on a spiritual journey. Each of us is chasing purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And often we are looking to things like relationships and success when it's actually in Jesus that we find what we're looking for. Because two things, one, we are created in the image of God. There is a deposit of God in us and the scriptures say in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that he has set eternity in our hearts. So there are things that we are longing for as people. As people, there are things that we are longing for, fulfillment that we're looking for, purpose that can actually only be found in Jesus. And so we need clarity to that journey. We need clarity to that spiritual journey. We need vision for our lives. If we don't have vision and we don't have clarity, we're not going to find the fulfillment we're longing for. And we're going to be chasing after things to hopefully feel fulfilled and find purpose and find meaning, but we'll find ourselves end up short. And so here's our theme verse. I believe it'll be on the screen here for you. It says in Proverbs 29:18, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. It's not there. Don't worry. I'll read it for you. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom instruction. Where there is no revelation, where there is no revelation, no vision, people are lost and live unrestrained, wild. The word unrestrained, unrestrained can literally be translated to mean to be made naked. To be made naked, they'll be made wild. My kids get a little unrestrained sometimes. The KJV version says this, without vision, people perish. Without vision, you'll remember that translation for some of you who have been in the church for a while. Without vision, people perish. They'll die, not physically, but there'll be no life flowing through their life. So we need vision. We need revelation. But there is a difference, there it is there, there is a difference between vision and revelation. You can have vision for your life and it can be terrible vision. And you can have purpose for your life. You can have a meaning and a reason that you exist, but it can be terrible purpose. We have to have, we have, to have meaning and fulfillment. In order to have meaning and fulfillment, we need revelation. We need vision that's been revealed to us from something greater than ourselves. And we find that 
in Jesus. I like the message version, and just so you know, the message is not a translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase, just a way that we can easy, easily understand it. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they'll stumble over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Most blessed. People can't see what God is doing will stumble. And some of you may be like, man, that just describes my life, right? My job, I just keep stumbling. My, my attitude, my, my hang-ups, my, my behavior, my habits. And I would, I would argue sometimes it's not that we'll stumble, but we just won't move forward in the journey. We won't move forward in the journey of finding that fulfillment that we're looking for. But if I pursue and attend to what he reveals, I'll find myself most blessed. And I don't know about you, but I want to be the most blessed I could possibly be in this life. I want to be the most blessed I could possibly be, and that happens when I attend to what God reveals, not what I'm doing. But it, it, it happens when I attend to what God is doing and not what I'm doing. And so we're focusing on four purposes uh, rooted and woven throughout Scripture. And here they are on the screen. It says, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And that's our heart for the house. And if you were here last week, we began with know God. We exist to know God, and not just generally. Not just generally speaking, but have a relationship with him. That's God's first purpose for our lives is to know him deeply and intimately. And once we, once we know God and we begin walking with him, we can begin the journey to find freedom. Because we can know God, we can be free from the penalty of sin, but still find ourselves hung up on our messes. Right? Still find ourselves stuck in our mess. But because of what now dwells in us and who is around us, there is the power to be free. We're going to look at that a little bit today. And once we're on the path to freedom, um, because that's a journey in and of itself, we can discover purpose. We can discover purpose. And each of us are created uniquely with purpose and on purpose. We have unique talents and abilities and personalities that God has given us. And then once we discover that purpose, we can begin to live a life that makes a difference. And I would, I would argue that the scriptures point us towards, that Jesus points us towards living a life that matters. And I, I think we could all say that, hey, we, at the end of our lives, we want to look back and say, did my life make a difference? Well, it can't make a difference until we discover purpose. And we can't discover purpose until we're on that path to finding freedom. And that's a journey. And to get on the path of finding freedom, we really need to know God. It's, it's sequential there. So these are biblical purposes. And you'll see that in, uh, in a lot of churches when they talk about about vision and mission, they're looking to things like these. It's just often packaged differently. And I mentioned last week that even as us as Parkway Church, for a while we restore, renew, and release. Well, this is a similar thing. My, my previous church, we had Love, Lift, Launch. There, there are different names that people are given to, to biblical purposes for us, right? To know God, to, to find freedom, discover purpose, and, and make a difference. And ultimately, the, that's the, the goal is we want to we we find God's purposes for our lives, and we want to be walking in God's purposes for our lives as individuals, and as a church, amen? Well, let's pray and let's, uh, let's take a look at this a little bit more deeply. Father, we just commit, I commit, Lord, my mind and my heart, my spirit, that we open ourselves to you to ultimately what you want to say and what you want to do. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that we would not just be hearers today, God, but we would be doers. We'd be transformed by the truth, God, that your Holy Spirit reveals to us. God, that we'd be transformed in such a way that we begin the path to finding freedom in our own lives, Lord. Maybe we're already on that path. God, I pray that we'd be brought deeper in that path. Maybe we've, we've got some hang-ups, God. We've got, we've got behaviors and attitudes and habits, God, addictions and things, God, that we're hung up on, things that messes, God, that we're stuck in. Lord, I pray that we would find freedom in you and freedom, uh, a path to freedom in you, we pray in Jesus' name. And so as we look at your word today, touch us, speak to us, and transform us. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, 
Amen. I don't know if you remember the movie Braveheart. Uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe it was a taboo movie for you, so just bear with me and forgive me, okay? Um, but Braveheart centers around this character, William Wallace. William Wallace and his standoff against the King of England in the first Scottish War of Independence. Um, and in, there's this scene, there he is there, and there's this scene um, in, the, in the movie where the Scots are squared off against the English army. And if you can use your imagination for a moment, imagine a battlefield, if you haven't seen the movie, um, there's this, a battlefield, and the Scotsmen, which are just average guys fighting for freedom, are, are standing on one side, and they're overlooking this massive English army of soldiers. And William Wallace is kind of like this heroic kind of, you know, I don't want to say vigilante hero, but just kind of this guy who's rising up, and he, and he says to the men, he says this, he says, you've come to fight as free men, and free men you are, but what will you do with that freedom? Will you fight? And someone says, no, we will run, and we will live. And then he goes, yes, fight, and you may die. Run, and you'll live, at least a while. And then he goes on this epic kind of like phrase thing that stirs people up. He says, and dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they can take our lives, but they can never take our freedom. And it stirs these, these men to, to fight against the odds, to fight for freedom. Because if we're, if we're being real, everybody wants freedom. Everybody wants freedom. We want to be free, free to choose to live um, and, and where to live for ourselves. That's why soldiers fought and died for us as a country for freedom. It's, it's in us to be free. It's in us to be free. We were created free. That's why Jesus died. Galatians chapter 5, our verse for the day, says this in verse 1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Not for slavery, not to be burdened, not to be addicted, not to be stuck in your mess, not to be caught up in your hang-ups, but it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's why Jesus came and died, that we could have freedom. Everyone say freedom. Freedom. If you don't remember anything, you'll remember that we talked about freedom this morning. Because the reality of our lives shows, in a scripture, as this scripture would point to, we can have freedom in Jesus. We can know God. But we can still get hung up. We can still get caught up. We can still find ourselves walking in sin. We can still find ourselves burdened by sin, by our messes. What we need as Proverbs 29 would say, we need greater revelation. We need greater revelation. We need to see what God is doing as to not stumble over ourselves. And I'm going to say this. The mess is not the problem. Your mess is not the problem. The mess is coming from not having something bigger in your life that is bigger than your mess. You hear that? The mess is coming from not having something bigger in your life that is bigger than your mess. And when you can see what God is doing, you gain clarity to the journey. You gain clarity to the journey, and the mess becomes a mere distraction, not the focus. It becomes an obstacle to overcome, not the focus. When I'm driving down the road, there are a lot of distractions, and they could be external or they could be internal. They can be with me in the car or they could be outside on the road. But if I focus on the distractions, I'll find myself veering towards the distractions as opposed to focusing on where I need to go. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom. This is God's purpose for our lives. And I find this evident in the life of Jesus. Before Jesus began his, what we call his public ministry, before he showed up on the scene and started performing miracles and preaching truth, people just knew him as Jesus of Nazareth. 
That's what they knew him, the son of the carpenter Joseph. Now, that's hard for us to imagine in church because we know the story, but people didn't know him as Jesus Christ. Christ isn't his last name. Boom. It's not. It's his title. It's his title. So he began his public ministry, and he starts preaching in synagogues, which were Jewish church-like gatherings where the Jews would gather to hear the Torah, to hear the, the Pentateuch, to hear the law preached to them. And he would start going into those, to those synagogues, and he would, he would preach, and he'd be preaching with authority and power, and he started gaining some attention. People are like, who, are, who is this guy, this son of the carpenter? Not Jesus Christ, right? Christ is the Messiah, but who is the son of the carpenter? And then on one day in his hometown, Nazareth, on the Sabbath day in the synagogue, he reveals something about what he came to do. It says this in Luke chapter 4. It says, he stood up to read, verse 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, imagine the scene, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Talk about a mic drop moment. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I came that people could be free. You know, some of us, I think we're looking for freedom. Right? We may not call it that, but we're looking to get freed from the things that hold us back. Free from those hang-ups, those attitudes, those habits, those, be those behaviors, God, that, that, that way of thinking. And it's found in Jesus. And Jesus said to this, to these guys, this, this is found in me. And you got to imagine the scene. They are glued on him, right? They're on the edge of the seat, their seat, and there's significance to this. And this is why. See, the Jews had this very special year called the, the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. And for countless generations, stemming all the way back to Moses, every 50 years was the year of Jubilee. It was the year of freedom. And on this year, in this year, all slaves were set free. No strings attached. All debts were forgiven. Any land that was traded or bought, maybe even to pay off the debt, was given back to the original owner or the family. All the land, even the land was given rest from harvesting, and everyone was provided for. It was a year of celebration. It was a year of freedom. And so the Israelites had been observing this, and Jews still do today, stemming all the way back to when Moses and God declared it in the law of Moses. And so fast forward to Jesus in this moment. He's in the synagogue, and he finds this, he gets the scroll of Isaiah, and he finds a place where it's talking about a prophecy of the coming Messiah who would be like the Jubilee year. And he says, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. And so they're fastened on him. They're fastened on him. He says, because he's saying, do you know that year that you look towards and the Messiah that's going to be like that year? I'm that guy. And so imagine the scene. He's here. And so they're glued to him. I'm the freedom that you're looking for. And then throughout his ministry and his life, he shows this as he begins to deliver people from their hangups. Right from sickness and disease, and he performs miracle after miracle and restores sight, setting people free, not just from sin, not just from sin, but their mess. Jesus came for freedom, so maybe you're here and you're still hung up, right? You got, you got addiction you can't shake. You got sin you, you can't overcome. You keep trying, but you keep doing what you shouldn't be doing. You keep falling into the same habit no matter how hard you try. Nothing seems to work. You can't break free from the attitude, from the pain, from the hurt, from the bitterness. You feel stuck. You feel imprisoned. 
You feel captive. Truth be told, you feel stuck. But if Jesus is in your life, you're not stuck anymore. It may appear that way. You may be walking in it, but you're not stuck. I was, I was at Brayside Camp. If you know what Brayside Camp is, it's a Pentecostal camp in the Paris, Ontario area. And we were there. I think it was last year. It must have been last year. It was last year. Emmy wasn't born yet. Jody's off with Elijah somewhere. I don't know where. And I'm with Joshua. He's our, he's our three-year-old. And we're in the cafeteria getting food. And I sit him down on the chair. And I tell a friend to watch him. And I go and I proceed to get in the gigantic line and get him food. But I'm a parent, right? So I'm over here and I'm kind of watching from far away. And as I look over, my friend decided that they weren't going to do their job. And I see a, uh, Joshua stuck in the chair. He had slid his little body between the back of the chair and the seat of the chair and found his head stuck between the chair, kind of like that. And so I'm like, I drop my stuff and I run over there because I'm like, oh my goodness, right? He's, he's panicking. And then I look and he thinks he's stuck, but he's not really stuck, right? If he, just, if he could just turn his head a certain way, he could actually just get his head right out. But he's panicking. He's like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And I kind of like just watched as he struggled and I giggled a little bit because to him... To him, he couldn't see the way out, but the way out was there. He couldn't see the way out, but the way out is there, and that's the same with us. We get hung up in our messes, but what exists in us and around us is the power to be free. Either we don't know it, we aren't walking in it, or we've been led to believe it's not possible. And so I want to talk about the liar, I want to talk about the truth, and I want to talk about the system to finding freedom. See, there exists a very real enemy of our souls, and he goes by many names, but the most common names are the devil and Satan. And we don't like to talk about him anymore because it sounds silly to talk about the fact that there's a devil running around with an army trying to work against and destroy your soul. It sounds silly. Our society has painted the picture of, of this little red thing with a pitchfork and a long tail, and it just seems silly. It seems childlike. But if we believe the Bible to, to be true, and we believe what Jesus to be, said to be true, then we can't deny his existence because Jesus talked about him a lot. Jesus said this. He said, while I came to give you life and life to the full, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you can have life. That's the message of Jesus and have it to the full. But there is an enemy of your soul, and he's looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Satan's main objective is to ruin your life by destroying your soul. And if he can't destroy your soul, he'll work hard to stop you from fulfilling God's purposes for your life and walking in fulfillment and freedom. And one of his main tools is deception. Jesus called him the father of all lies. That when he speaks, he, and, and as, he, as words come out of his mouth... Lying is his natural language. It's his native tongue. And that he, he has no truth in him. He twists truth, but there is no truth in him. These are Jesus' words. And we first see Satan deceiving Adam and Eve, deceiving humanity in the Garden of Eden. When, when he tempted them to eat from the tree, they had one rule. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One rule. How many are like, man, I just wish I had one rule. One rule. And he tempted them to eat from it. By twisting the truth, by twisting the truth to trap them and make humanity captive, and he's been doing it ever since. And so what does that mean for us today, 21st century? It means he's still lying. He's still deceiving. He's still working against us, and most of our issues stem from the lies we've accepted as truth. It causes us to stay where we are. We're like running on the treadmill of stuck. 
We believe lies that prevent us from moving forward in God's freedom. I can't be free. I'm addicted. That's a lie. Can't, I can't get over this. No matter how hard I try, nothing's working. I can't do this. And do you know what? There's a measure of truth to that. You can't. But in God, you can. You can't, but God is in you, and he can. The liar says you're stuck, but the truth says you're free. The liar says you can't overcome this. You're not going to get through this. Your attitude's not going to change. Well, it, it's all their fault anyway. Well, you know, if you just do it one more time, you'll feel better. The liar gets you stuck, but the truth says that you're free from that. So the Bible says that when we gave our life to Jesus, when we come to know him as Lord and Savior, that there's a deposit of the Holy Spirit that's given to our lives. The Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, comes and takes residence in our lives. The perfect God owns your soul. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by that same spirit living in you. The perfect God has taken possession of your soul, breeding new life in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same spirit, the same spirit that commanded death's chain to be broken dwells in you. The same spirit that hovered over the earth before God spoke and formed the world, dwells in you. The same spirit that empowered Moses and parted the Red Sea, the same one is in you. The same spirit that empowered Samson, gave him supernatural strength to defeat thousands of, of warriors and enemies in one time, is in you. The same spirit that came upon an ordinary shepherd boy, 17-year-old boy, and equipped him to be a king, is in you. The same spirit that fell upon Peter, who once denied Christ to the crowds, gave him boldness to speak to thousands and see 3,000 people come to know Jesus that day, is in you. The same spirit that empowered ordinary men to speak as though they were God is in you. The same spirit that made dead things come back to life is in you. The power to overcome your hang-up and your mess-up and your addiction and your bitterness and your attitude and whatever it is, the freedom that you need dwells within you in the spirit of God dwells within you in the spirit of God. So the freedom you're looking for, the pathway to freedom, you're like, I don't know where it is. It's right in you if you know Jesus. It's right inside you if you know God. Right in you. And you can't do it, but he can. But the thing is, we've believed the lie. We've believed the lie instead of the truth, and instead of walking towards freedom through the spirit of God that is in us, we find ourselves trapped in the cage. I don't know if you've ever seen those, those documentaries or those shows or whatever. Maybe it's a, a video on Facebook or social media of, of them setting free wild animals that were once captive and they open up the cage. There's a moment where they don't leave the cage. The cage is open, but they don't realize that they can actually leave the cage and be free. And we live like that sometimes because we believe lies instead of truth. If we want to take the next step in our spiritual journey, it's time to break free from the chains that bind us and the obstacles that trip us up us by dismantling the lie. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We don't work towards freedom the same way, right? We don't work towards freedom the same way. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So when the truth says that you're free, but something says that you're not, we demolish that. When, when the truth says you're free, but something says, no, you're, you're addicted, we, we demolish that. We take captive. We take captive, the scripture says, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The word, the word stronghold sounds really churchy, and we've thrown around churches a lot. Maybe you've heard it before, but you don't really know what it means. Well, this is what it means. It literally means to fortify an argument, to fortify an argument. It's a description of a prisoner who is trapped by deception, by deception. And so we need to demolish those lies, those strongholds, and pursue the truth by taking captive those thoughts that speak against the freedom. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to nullify the fact that, that some messes are hard to overcome. That's why I, I would say it's a journey. It's a path, right? Like, they're difficult. But we need to look to the God that is in us. We need to look to the truth that says you can overcome this, and you can get through this, and you can find a way out. Again, the issue is not the mess. The mess is coming from not having something bigger in our life that is bigger than our mess. So how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we unlock the power of God, the Holy Spirit who resides in us? Well, here's, here's the main system for finding freedom, right? The main system. I'm not saying it's the only system, but the main system, one word, relationships. Relationships. Which is odd because when you think about it, some of our pain, some of our hang-ups come from Relationships. But freedom flows out of a relationship with God that is growing, and freedom flows out of a community with one another. As we actively pursue a relationship with God and pursue to grow in that relationship, we step on this path to freedom. We step on this path to freedom. And I call it a path because although the miraculous can happen and we can find freedom in a snap, right, like that, more often than not, more often than not, it's a journey. It's a process. And God takes us through journeys and, and processes because often we grow a lot through them. Not only do we find freedom, but we grow in character and we grow in maturity in our faith. But as we actively grow in our relationship with God, the power of the Holy Spirit who is in us is released in us as we give him greater reign over our lives. God is in you. And the more space you give him, the more he occupies. But the more space you give to your messes and your hang-ups, the more they occupy. It's not rocket science. What are we giving space to? Are we intentionally growing our relationship with God? Are we, this sounds cliche because maybe it's preached about every day, every, every week. And maybe you've heard it in churches for a long time. Are we in the word of God? Are we spending time reading the word of God? We can't, we can't rely on a one-week sermon once a week. It's not, a, it's not enough to have one meal a week. It's not enough to nourish your soul. Are we in the word of God? Are we praying? If it's a relationship, we got to be talking with the one we have a relationship with. I can't be in a relationship with my spouse, with Jody, and call it a marriage. I could call it a marriage, but it's not much of a marriage if I'm not spending time talking to her. I can talk about her to people all the time. I can, I can preach about her. I'm like, Let me tell you all about Jody and all about my relationship with Jody. But if I'm not actually engaged in that relationship, it's not growing. It's not growing. I'm not giving room to it. Are we spending time giving space to God? Because it's all about focus. What I give my attention to, what I give my attention to grows in my life. Grows in my life. That's why Hebrews chapter 12, and we talked a lot about this in the Taking Ground series, says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How? 
by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If we focus on him and move towards him, we find freedom in him. But if my focus is on something else, I find myself moving towards that something else. But if I choose to develop my relationship with God beyond the Sunday morning by engaging in the word, by praying and growing that relationship, developing a strong faith, he takes up space in my life and my hangups get pushed out. They get pushed out. So we don't focus on the mess necessarily. And I say necessarily on purpose because, yes, sometimes we have to look at them and we have to examine them. We have to focus on them. But we need to focus more on the God who is greater than the mess. That's why the scriptures say to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's why when you're driving down the road, you need to look ahead to where you're going. And the more we focus on God, the greater he becomes and the smaller our messes become. We don't need to live in bondage. You can. But you don't need to. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So the first is found in a relationship that you have with Jesus, not just a belief, but a relationship, right? It's not just the knowledge of, but a relationship. And the second part of it is freedom is found in a relational community. If I asked you to name the five sermons that impacted your life the most, you'd probably be hard-pressed to think of five sermons. You might name the last five you listened to because those are the ones you've listened to the, recently, but you'd be hard-pressed to think of five sermons or messages that really impacted your life. But if I asked you to name five people that impacted your life, you could think of them probably really easily, good or bad, for good or bad. Because when we think about the greatest influences in our life, we think about people. We think about people. And community is so important to the process of freedom. So here's what it says in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. I love this. Confess your sins to each other. When was the last time you confessed your sin to someone? I bet you, for many of you who are walking with God, you've confessed to God. But when was the last time you confessed your sins to someone else? And I'm not just talking about saying, hey, I'm a sinner. Can you pray for me? I'm talking about specifics. I did this. When was the last time you did that? We, we don't do this often. We don't do this often. And when we do it on our own with God, that's important and it's, it's valuable and it has freedom. But the possibility of us fall again is higher than when we brought someone else into the equation. When I bring someone else into my, into my struggles, I got accountability. I got support. I got someone around me that's going to help me which facilitates healing. The scripture says, confess your sin to one another, pray for each other, and you'll find healing. Freedom. When we connect and we get involved in each other's trials and triumphs and do life together, we can grow and develop our faith. We can grow and develop our faith. We need to connect. I was talking with a couple guys this week, and one of them was mentioning how the other was vital to his relationship with God, to his faith. It's important. Community, relationship. So finding freedom exists when we build a relationship with God who dwells in us and we recognize that the power of freedom is in us and with others as we confess to one another and do life together. Freedom flows out of relationship. Freedom flows out of relationship, out of relationship with God and out of relationship with each other. Both are equally valuable. I think that's why Jesus said, and God said throughout the scripture to love God and love others. And not just for the others, but also for yourself. Because there's something that, that, that is released inside of us. Freedom is released inside of us. 
when we do life with people. When we do life with God and we do life with people, it's valuable. And you can't just come and sit in a chair. That's not life. It's important, but it's not doing life, right? You're just all staring this way. That's not community. We need community. So what is God's purpose for our lives? That we would come to know him, but then find freedom in his presence that dwells in us and the community that exists, exists around us. The power of freedom is in us and around us, and that's God's purpose. What is God's purpose for my life? Again, I said this last week. We throw this around a lot. I want to I discover what God's purpose in my life, that you know him deeply and intimately and that you find freedom. What is God's purpose for my life? We always think of like a calling or, or an equipping or to do something, but no, first know him. Know him. Know him deeply. And then begin a journey to finding freedom in him. You don't just have to know about God or, or be in a relationship with God, but you can find freedom from your things in him, freedom from your hangups and your mess-ups. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So what does this mean for us as a church? Parkway Church. It will be our endeavor, our heart for the house to structure ourselves in a way that people can find freedom. That means that we will become a church that connects. We will be a church that connects. And beyond the handshaking, it just comes in. And that's, I love that. I love the, the foyer buzz and the excitement and the relationships that are in crossing paths. I love that. I think it's amazing that when we, when we have a busy week, we can come and we can see people that we know and people that know us and we can smile and we can, and we can have community here. But beyond that, a place where we can do life with people, like do life with people. And a place where people can come and do life with people. Connection is something that's on our radar and something that we're gonna be working towards as a church. But let me just give you three things that you can do to foster freedom in your life. And then I wanna tell you something about something new coming up. Number one, three things you can do. Number one is church. Sounds pretty silly because we're in church, right? We're as a church gathered Sunday morning. But make church, make this time a priority. The Bible says, do not neglect gathering together. Do not neglect gathering together. Jesus established the church. It's his idea. So, so make time for church. Make this your home away from home because connection is important, is important to the freedom process. And you will feel less connected the less time you find yourself in, in this building when we gather on a Sunday morning. So make church a priority. Number two, team. Join a team. Join a team. One of the greatest ways to connect and build relationships with others is to serve with others. Honestly, you're like, I want to get to know people in the church, then serve along people in the church. And we have lots of teams. We got the welcome team. We got the ushering team. We got the media team. We got cleaning teams. We got the prayer team. We got the worship team. We got kids ministry. We got youth ministry. We got Super Thursdays. And I call all these teams the dream team. All of them are one, the dream team. Because teamwork makes the dream work. And not just the dream of seeing the kingdom of God advance in here and in this area, but to see the dream that, that God has for your life, to see your dreams, that God's purposes he's placed in your life be fulfilled. So join a team, church, team. Finally, God. Dig into a relationship, and we talked about this today, last week, a relationship with Jesus, because the more room you give him, the more space he occupies more space he occupies. So all that said, uh, we recognize that community is vital, connection is important, so we're going to do something new before the summer comes around, uh, before 
summer months. When you think of July and August, those summer months. So, so we're going to do something called Church Around the Table. Church Around the Table. This is not life groups, small groups or connection groups or whatever you want to call them. Church Around the Table is just an opportunity for, for people to connect. So starting the week of May 26th, hopefully, ideally, for five weeks until the end of June, people around groups of 8 to 12 will connect once a re- week around a potluck-style meal. Potluck-style meal just to do life. Just to do life. The goal is connection. The goal is to build relationships because freedom is found when we connect and we build relationships with one another. So we're looking for 8 to 10 host homes, people that will open up their homes to Parkway people to just basically have a potluck meal. I, potluck means everyone brings something to share, right? It's not on one person to make it all, but we all just bring a dish for a couple hours on a set particular day. We're looking for eight to 10 host homes. So if that's you, you're thinking, you know what? I could open my home so people could eat food or so people can connect. And maybe you're, maybe you're a little introverted and you're like, man, I, I have to clean for 17 days before someone shows up in my house. Well, don't worry. We all, we're all like that, right? We're all like, someone's coming over. Let's clean the windows, right? And no one ever cleans the windows that are way up high. But just, just, open your, just open up your home. Open up your home. Eight to ten homes just to connect. Maybe we'll discuss the message from the previous week. Maybe we'll just, we'll just talk, right, about life. We'll eat. Maybe pray at the end really quick and go. That's it. We just want to connect. We want someone over here to know someone over here, and we want someone over here to know someone over here. And we want someone over there to know someone up here and someone over there to someone that. We want to know each other, right, because that's where we find freedom. That's where we find freedom. So we're looking for eight to ten hosts. If we get more than eight to ten, then we can you can buddy up and we can you know switch houses. But eight to ten, and so if you leave today at the welcome desk, you're like that's something I'd be interested in doing. It's opening my home for this. Is you can sign up at the welcome desk to open up your home to be to have church around the table. And then ideally, once we get the host home set up, hopefully this week, that next week we can do signups for people who just want to participate in church around the table. Like, I would love to do something. I, I can make a, a mean casserole dish, or I'm really good at salads, or I just want to connect with people. And you don't have to know people. The idea is not that you have to know someone that you're going to, but you get to know someone, right? You get to know someone. And so next week, ideally, there will be sign-up sheets where you can say, oh, do you know what? I'm free Monday, and I'm around this area. I'll, I'll go to this one. And then if we find a group that, that goes beyond that 8 to kind of 12 mark, and maybe they're reaching 20, we'll split them up and we'll encourage someone else to open up their home so we can do life, church around the table. Encourage you to sign up for that. Encourage you to keep that in your radar. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom flows out of relationship with God and freedom flows out of community. So we want, we do the relationship with God, we gather, we worship, we hear the word, and we want to do the community part as well. We want to be people who find freedom, we want to be a church helps people find freedom. So I want to pray with you before you go. I want to encourage you to just bow your heads. Maybe you're here today and uh, you need some freedom. You got a mess. You got a hang up. You got an addiction. You got a behavior, a habit, something that you want to shift, change, and find freedom in. I want to pray for you today. Firstly, I want to encourage you that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't know God in this relationship format. I want to encourage you to give your life to him today. And if that's you today, I'm going to, I'm going to be right at the front here. I'm just going to linger and wait. And I would love to pray with you specifically. But if you're here today and you're like, you know what? I need freedom. I got something in my life that I need freedom from. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I'd raise that. That's an acknowledgement that there's something in my life that I need specific prayer for t- today. We're going to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. So Father God, we're thankful that you are God. Lord, who doesn't just sit idly and watch a 
that you're a God who intervenes in our lives. You sent your son to live, to do life, and to ultimately die for, for freedom. Your word says it is for freedom that you have set us free. And so I pray, God, for every need that, need that is represented here today, God, for those who are in need of freedom, God, maybe it's something in a relationship, marriage, God, or maybe a, a kid, Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a physical thing, God. Maybe it's a, a mind thing, God. Maybe it's a psychological thing, you know. And I just pray, God, for those who lifted up their hand and maybe those who, who were a little nervous to lift up their hand, a little fearful. Lord, I pray that we would find freedom in the truth that the Holy Spirit takes residence in our lives, that the power of God is in us. And I pray, God, that for that person, that they would be encouraged, God. For those people, they'd be encouraged, God, to develop their relationship with you. And God, you would give... Uh, you would breathe life into their life, God, that you would take up more space in their life in a way that pushes out those things. And Lord, that we would, we would acknowledge, God, the truth every single day, the truth that says we are free, the truth that says we are free and not captives, we are prisoners no more. And so we may find ourselves still distracted by messes or still trying to overcome messes, but we can, we can overcome them because of God who is in us. And so I pray that you'd help set these people free, God, from those things. In the name of Jesus, God, and help us as a church community to be a church that does community. Lord, and so we look towards gathering together and connecting, and God, I pray, God, you'd encourage our hearts. God, you'd, be, you'd encourage us to reach across the aisle. Lord, not just reach the neighbor, God, not just reach our friends, not just shake hands with people we know, God, but to connect with those we don't know, God, to be a church that knows one another so that we can find freedom. God, I believe, and I know that you know that there's people here today that don't even know that they're stuck. And so I speak to that in the name of Jesus. I speak to that in the name of Jesus that you would reveal, first of all, where these people are stuck and then point them towards the cross. I pray, God, that as we develop our relationship with you and as we develop relationship with one another, God, as we confess our sins to one another, God, as we pray for one another, that we would find the healing, God, that we're looking for. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus. and the name that is above every other name and the name that has power. Jesus' name, we pray. And we believe in faith for, and we declare freedom over this place. I pray, God, that when people step foot in these doors, and maybe they've never come to this church building before, but as they step foot in this place because of what resides in this place in us as believers, God, and us as a community, God, that people would find themselves finding freedom in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. That we would be a church that seeks to know you, that we would facilitate people to know, come to know you, but we would be a church of freedom, people who walk in freedom, people who are on a journey of freedom, and people who help facilitate others finding freedom. In Jesus' name, God, we bless you, we exalt you, we glorify you, God. You are a good God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. So let me just say two things. Number one, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Don't forget that. Monday morning, don't forget that. Tuesday afternoon, don't forget that. When you go to work, when you're dealing with your situation, when you're dealing with your hang-up, your mess, you're encountering that situation, the same spirit that gave life to Jesus' body, that performed miracle after miracle, that, that, that came upon men and women and they prophesied and, and did amazing things for the kingdom of God is in you as a believer. Amen? And sign up to be a host home. And next week, sign up to do church around the table. God bless you. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. 
We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.